Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to George Musali of Panagora Asset Management. In our conversation, George and I talk about how the use of alternative data has become increasingly sophisticated since the early 2000s, when George first began integrating it into his investment strategies. Separately, please join us on Wednesday at 10 a.m. EST for our weekly interactive conversations around alternative data. Details can be found on the website links. Why don't you give me a, a little introduction to Panagora and, and what the company is and, and, and what it looks like? Sure. Uh, we've been around for 30 years, one of the pioneers in quantitative systematic investing. Uh, today, we manage about $40 billion uh, for large institutions around the world. Uh, I, I lead the uh, equity group as CIO. Uh, in our group, you know, we're managing portfolios for institutions uh, uh, actively. Uh, and and the, the, the source of our signals are, are based on kind of quantifying our fundamental insights through use of alternative data and techniques such as machine learning and, and NLP. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely the right person for an alternative data podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, George, uh, do you have, I don't know if you have, is there a, is there a founding story for, for Panagora? You said it's 30 years old. I don't know. Was there a, was there somebody, did, did, did somebody come from another fund or was, was that, how did it come about? Do you know? Uh, yeah. The, so the origins were actually, uh, it was the quantitative team within the Boston company uh, that kind of was the leader uh, at the time. Uh, first products were uh, a large cap U.S. equity product, which we still manage uh, uh, today, back to 1986. Uh, and also one of the leaders in uh, uh, quantitative asset allocation product, which has kind of transformed over the years and now uh, is our, uh, our risk parity product, which is one of the leaders in that industry as well. Fantastic. So you joined in June two thousand and four. Yeah. Um, was the uh, was the was the company a, a different beast? It was a it was a quant data driven fund um, company. Was it? Um, so it probably wasn't using alternative data so much. Were you? Did you begin in in more traditional forms? Yeah, I think uh, you know. Uh, actually, a, a group of us. Uh, there's a relationship, uh, ownership relationship with Putnam Investments. Uh, the senior leadership, me, Eric Sorensen, the CEO, and Eddie Chen, uh, the, the the co-CIO. Um, all we all started working actually at Putnam together in 1999, uh, and, and we moved over uh, to really uh, uh, grow the 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 firm and and and. Uh, with an emphasis on the equity uh, business. Um, and I think it was, you know, it was cutting edge uh, for, for 2004, which is, looks very different than cutting edge today. Uh, what, what, did it, what did it look like? Uh, well, so, so you know, uh, by that time, uh, it, it was a very small, you know, quant investing or quant equity was still a very small industry. Um, I think the unique aspect back then was, uh, uh, you know, 
typical factors then probably look like what we would call smart beta models today, uh, value, quality, momentum, financial statement ratios. But even then, we were trying to quantify. Smart beta, but smart beta, sorry, just to, to, yeah. but to clarify, but smart beta is, is an index where it's weighted using various um, kind of whatever you want to weight it with, but it's it's taking an index, a passive index, and you're you're kind of being in, in injecting some some thought into it to make it exactly. um, if you want to if you want to prioritize something. How does that? How does that? So back then, that's what what quant funds were doing, just it just was, kind of looking at from a passive perspective. Uh, well, I mean, meaning that the complexity was not there, right? That that was mm. you know if we were gonna. Uh, compare what a, a mall alpha model looked like in 2004. It, 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 it resembles most likely uh, 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 like a multi-factor kind of very basic model today. Um, the, the unique aspect back then at Panagora were, were, was the, these kind of the, the beginning of this transformation into what, what I mentioned before, quantifying our fundamental insight. So, you know, what had been even done before I got there was, you know, the, for example, you know, you know, very basic concepts, very well known, you know, spending on too much on CapEx is a bad thing for companies. It's been documented in academic journals and widely used in the quant world, you know, for many years. However, what the, what, what the uh, 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 researchers at Panagora knew was that's not a case and it can't be trans translated into alpha factor throughout a whole distribution right so i'll give you an extreme example let me george I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm afraid i'm gonna keep doing this of, of simplifying I'm, I'm the fool in the room so i'm uh yeah, I'm going sure. to constantly so too much so essentially what you're saying so essentially the 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 it was it's well known that too much that a company spending too much capital expenditure is going to be a bad thing and yeah. so you can kind of spot a loser essentially from that that someone's going to someone's heading for a fool if they if they're spending too much money presumably on a on a relative basis um but sorry you were saying yeah so on the on, on that side you know uh you can find uh companies that are getting in trouble by uh spending too much on capex maybe it's a pet project by the ceo or something so, which translates into the the counterfact that spending little on capex is a good thing, right? So, mm -hmm. in general, that's good. But what happens if the company's going out of business, right? Uh, you know, landline telephone companies probably kind of just stopped expanding. You know, uh, uh, around that time, uh, I remember we we owned a a, 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 a a paging company, right, by doctors, the old pagers. And essentially they said, we know we're going to go out of business. We're just milking it until we do. And we're not upgrading our system, right? So those were the ideas. Conditioning one of the factors for more fundamental truths that you know uh, uh, that will enhance the, the signal. So in that case, we said, yeah, low CapEx is good. If sales are dropping precipitously, shut that factor off. Right. So that was kind of the, you yeah. know, the, the innovation at the time uh, where it helped a lot, the performance, uh, uh, you know, in the in those early years I was there. It was a time it was a bit of a, you know, so it was it was 
sort of maybe the beginning of the run up to 2008. No, it's the middle of the run up to 2008. Right. So it was, it was getting increasingly frothy in terms of, you know, capital expenditure was a sign that, that, you know, there was so much money flying around by the end that, right. um, you know, capital expenditure was a, was a sign that things were going great until suddenly, suddenly you weren't. But it's, it's interesting that that was already a sign that somebody was, um, you know, overspending and, and, and so they were creating trouble for themselves. So that's, um, so that's fun. But you, and so, but you're, you're describing, so this is, this is kind of a strategy. Is it, was it automated? Was, was the, was the robot making the decisions itself once you programmed it or was it flagging it and you were still making the decisions? No, yeah, you know, I would say uh, uh, the, the thing, the part of the process that adds the most uh, competitive uh, edge in our process is really that you know sitting around the table with the researchers and PMs in the room and thinking of you know what is the next type of thing what's the missing piece in our model that we're uh, 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 we, we need to look at to get a whole picture of a company right and th that's what how we base our research on uh, it, it's it's sitting around and it might be you know an analyst comes in with the transcript of a quarterly earnings call and he points to uh, the fact that you know look at the the you know fifth third bank uh, 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 CEO was talking about uh, you know how uh, uh, the, his loan loss reserves increased if he was talking about it that must mean it's an important uh, 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 ratio for him which means it should we should be looking at it right that's an mm -hmm. example but that's where we get our uh, inspiration uh, for for new research, not you know uh, 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 you know answering one of the hundred emails that I get every morning for for companies trying to sell me uh, data. Was this so? It sounds quite fundamental um, because you're choosing who to focus on. You're not so you're not a a quant fund in that you are um, you know focusing on the entire universe and you're you're making a million trades and going up and up a bit and down a bit. You're, you're choosing who to focus on. Well, no, so that, that was an example uh, of, of the research we do. So, uh, you know, after that point, we'll go out, try to collect the data that we need, right? In this case, let's ca capture the loan loss reserve of every bank in the United States or every bank in the world. Then we'll, it's a very similar to many other quant processes. Well, we have a backtesting process. We have a a, a way to validate that the signal works. We we have a weighting scheme that we you know combine the factors in, and then a you know a optimization process and a trading process. So downstream, you know, while we think we, we probably you know have have an advantage and have some very unique ways of uh, 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 you know squeezing some extra alpha out of those other processes. Uh, you know, it's, it looks very similar to other, uh, you know, quant firms. The, the real difference is in that uh, origination of idea, right? Uh, I think that's the, the key to it, because if you're swimming in mainstream data sets and ideas, the problem is, uh, even if it looks good in a backtest, uh, it's not going to last as long uh, going forward. Right. So mm. you'll be spinning your wheels. You'll need to keep on coming up with new ideas uh, more quickly. Whereas, you know, if you're if you're like us and looking, you know, uh, at more 
uh, unused data sources, um, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're flying under the radar. So that means, you know, uh, we, we can get more years life out of a signal before it, it, it stops working. Right. For sure. How big is, how big is your investment universe? Where do you focus? Uh, well, we, we manage portfolios globally. So everything from, you know, uh, large cap us micro cap, uh, emerging market, uh, across the world. Okay. And you'll say so you're coming up with ideas and then feeding it into the, the place where it suits in terms of all of your, all of your different portfolios. Yeah. Right. So, so we have people focusing on different regions, uh, and, 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 uh, uh, but you know, it, it cross pollinates the idea, something that, uh, uh, a person who's focused on EM might find an idea, uh, and you know, uh, it might work in, uh, us small cap as well. So that's a, that's a good thing. Do you find that where, do you find there are places which, which really mirror each other geographically? I mean, for example, would you be, you're looking at the fact that, for example, China manufacturers, manufacturers lawful a lot of things which are then sold in America. So might there be a connection made between Chinese manufacturing and U.S. consumer? Is it, does it work like that or is it, um, is it not so clean and clear like that? No, that's, a, that's an important aspect. So, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, you have to be open-minded and understand really business fundamentals, right? Um, you know, there's one aspect of a company that's just, you know, internal, right? Is it, does, it, does it have good governance? Does it have good uh, uh, profit margins, things like that? Is it spending too much on CapEx? There's a relative, meaning how does it uh, uh, position within its industry? Uh, you know, is it, is it getting eaten by the competitors or is it the leader? Uh, and then there is this, this other dimension, which you mentioned, right? Uh, um, you know, uh, kind of more macro effects, right? Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, given this last year, you know, put, put our, um, model to the test, uh, and, and we, we weathered the volatility very well because we're looking at those types of things, macroeconomic shocks, and how does that permeate into industries and companies, uh, 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 you know, uh, economies around the world and which companies are exposed to those. And I think the, the, the advantage of a systematic approach to looking at all of this is um, we know fundamental analysts look at these things, uh, but, you know, even with a huge uh, team with, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, with so much data from around the world pouring in every day, uh, it's just hard for them to integrate it and, and update their estimates fast enough, right? So uh, with this comprehensive picture, we can just react more quickly uh, to these things that everyone knows is important, but, but just mm -hmm. can't get a hold on on a daily basis. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, let's talk alternative data. So when were you, uh, when did you become aware of what we would today call alternative data? You've been at Panagora from 2004. I, the earliest that I've gone back in terms of the origins is kind of Majestic Research founding in 2002 in terms of them actually providing alternative data as a, as a service. Um, when, when, when do you think you came across that, that as a, as a, as a field? Yeah, it was right shortly after we I, I got to Panagora, there's I could think of you know three memorable 
uh, events that kind of uh, uh, led us there. Um, you know, one one was uh, you know we we you know while uh, financial statement data within a 10K has been you know uh, uh, systematized for a long time, so I can get any kind of uh, balance sheet, income statement type data. Uh, uh, everything else within the 10K, uh, you know, ha- has been very difficult even today uh, to 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 uh, to get out. Um, but but you know, we we actually found a piece of data we wanted to use within the 10K. Uh, you know, we we looked at different algorithms to extract it, and then but then the problem is even if you get a you know, name of a company or something that 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 um, uh, we want to use in our analysis. Uh, you, you then you have to link it with another company name. Uh, so you know, we 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 we, we uh, experimented with different algorithms, sound algorithms that that matched companies with uh, name with a ticker. Uh, we didn't get good results, so essentially we just did brute force. We had our, you know, we, we've had a. In, strong internship program back to then. And one of the first interns, you know, I gave them a database of 80,000 uh, companies and they had to find the right ticker, right? Uh, so... So you did the mapping, the mapping of the data to the, to the, to the ticker, which is, yeah, which I actually, I had Gene Exter on, on the yeah, podcast yeah. not too long ago. And he obviously, all DG, that, then they'll do that all automated for you. Right, right. Um, but, um, but what kind of data are we talking about? What was the alternative data looking like? Uh, well, I was actually, so now you can buy it from anywhere, uh, but it was uh, uh, competitor data, right? So in, in uh, customer data, uh, in the 10K, it tells you who the biggest customer is. So Intel will say, you know, Hewlett Packard use, is, is 10% of our sales, right? Um, so we wanted to get that. Uh, and the only way to do it at the time was to, to extract it and then manually link it, uh, and that that's, that was kind of our first foray into uh, uh, oh, wow. data. So when is this? Is this so you think that's 06, oh, 07, uh, 08, yeah, that's I think it was oh five. Yeah. yeah, pretty early, pretty early stuff. Um, and did you? Uh, how did you? How did it grow? How did alternative data grow across your radar? Yeah, I think that, that was the uh, you know uh, I think especially at Panagora and kind of in the. Um, you know, in the uh, uh, industry, you know, it was a, it was uh, you know a, a very different type of approach, right? Most of the academic papers and co- competition uh, were working on you know improving and refining financial statement ratios, really, right? Like, how do we get a better uh, measure of accruals, or you know, adjust for this other factor, or things like that, right? Um, uh, so this was this was uh, different, but you know there are a couple of these instances where you know just a light bulb went on, right? Uh, and it made it, it changed our whole paradigm of you know if, if we could collect this and you know create a database ourselves uh, and it works and it's profitable and we put it in place and it or you know it, it makes us money, you know then then there's no limit to you know what we can. Um, it, there's no limit to what we can uh, extract. So you, so there was an awful lot of um, you saw the potential and you saw the you saw the excitement. But did you see the ecosystem changing? I mean, 2000 and so uh, Raven Pack, I think, were appearing in 2006, but um, not not to get too specific in names. Yeah, yeah. But 
there were, um, you know, companies, the ecosystem grew and arrived in kind of 2012, 2013, I want to say a lot of companies arrived. And then 2015, there might have been a kind of mini explosion. Um, was it, uh, have you seen a kind of development of, has it become easier to get hold of? Have you have you seen data sets changing? I mean, it was it was initially a lot of consumer transaction stuff and yeah. credit cards and things, but it's and it's been changing. Have you like? Uh, can you characterize how it's changed over the years? Yeah. Well, I mean, in those beginning of, in, in the early years, we were on our own, right? Uh, yeah. Though uh, so that that was a, 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 a typical type thing. I remember the other, um, you know, another uh, data set we used right around that same time. Uh, was uh, same store sales, which again now I can go to Bloomberg. It's a field I can just type it in and get it. Uh, mm. But you know, the, again, it was just on press releases by companies, uh, and we found a a, a, a person uh, uh, who I think he lived in you know suburban Boston, and he would just type them all in every uh, month on a spreadsheet and email them out, and that that's that was our data source for that for a long time. And, and the thing is, you ask about evolution, as long as that was the only place to get it, it actually worked amazingly well in our model. Well, I'm sure that's what I was going to say. Well, I'm, was it, it must have been, it must have felt incredibly powerful. I was talking to someone who, who was, who seemed to, who was using alternative data to get an insight like three or four years ago. And it was, it was blowing the minds of other people who weren't using alternative data because how could you predict what the quarter was going to be? And this was 2018 or something. Yeah, yeah. So the, the fact that you were doing this back in 2005, you must have felt like, like Superman <laughs> under, your, under your suit. Well, but it, you know, we use that as a good example because if you plot the performance of that factor, uh, you know, one, one uh, nail in the coffin was when Bloomberg came out with their field uh, and, and now it's on any, every terminal and they scrape it. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very obvious. We have other, uh, you know, examples of this where availability uh, of data, uh, increased availability of data kills the factor. For sure, I uh, for sure, um, and so so that was so that was great back then, and so then evolving forwards, like so two thousand and and so did you see new types of data sets emerging, and so uh, has has the trick been trying to keep ahead of what other people are using? Is it is it about trying to keep in that in that thin air above above the pack? Yeah, and then I think the 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 um, you know one one other early. Um, uh, uh, story uh, was uh, actually right at the precipice of the great financial crisis, right? So, uh, you know, I, I mentioned banks before, uh, uh, you know, prior uh, to any, you know, kind of uh, uh, non-traditional uh, uh, information in banks, you're very limited, right? So, you know, banks don't have cash flow statements. So you even, even the traditional uh, uh, metrics, you're really stuck with PE, price to book, ROE. That was a typical bank factor back, you know, back then. Um, and if you think what happened, uh, you know, the, I, you know, these, these dates are uh, um, ingrained in my head, right? So, you know, you have August 07, which was the, the quant crisis, but also the subprime crisis. August 07 was when subprime spreads blew out. Uh, and, which, which kind of cascaded into quant factors blowing up. Um, but when we started looking at our models, uh, we realized 
um, you know, we're missing a big chunk of data on banks, right? We're buying low PE banks with high ROE in the past 12 months. You know, that was actually just a big billboard for buy subprime loans, right? Because they're high yield, right? And the, the, the market knew they were in trouble, so the PEs were low. So we're, you know, while the right thing to do was supposed to, you know, get out of those banks, you know, a quant model would tell you to go in at the wrong time. So we actually uh, found a, a data vendor uh, that serviced local community banks and helped them uh, 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 gather their data and submit it to the FDIC, right? FDIC is the, uh, you know, insurer of deposits in the U.S. Uh, and they have strict uh, regulatory requirements, a lot of, you know, uh, red tape that banks have to go through. Um, and it's onerous for a small bank to, to collect all this information on their own. So they hired this company to, 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 to do it. So then we realized, you know, FDIC data has a lot of the, what we need, loans, you know, the quality of the loans, what type of loans are they making, right? Are they, are they loaning to flippers or are they loaning to, you know, uh, uh, you know, individuals, you know, uh, uh, single family homes, right? So a lot of these things we needed to know, and that's, we found out that that's where we should go, but how do you get the data, right? Um, so we found this company, we approached them, you know, and, 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 and even till today, the reaction, you know, we, our, our ask was, give us all your data, every single piece of data you have back in time, and we're going to test it. And if it works, we'll, we'll buy it. Um, uh, 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 that scared them and they didn't really know what, what we're up to. Um, and, and they kind of just shut the door initially, you know, in the fall of 07. But I think as the year went on, uh, and they saw more and more customers, you know, go out of business, they called us back and said, well, you know, that request you had to buy some data, you know, let's, let's talk about it. So, you know, and we had to actually teach them how to extract data and how to deliver it to us and, and things like that. So I think that was the, the, the kind of watershed moment also, um, you know, when, when we, when we saw, you know, Hey, we can, we can actually leverage this, you know, to a much bigger uh, scale. Um, and how did you, how did you scale up? What was the, was that a, um, what was the challenge in scaling up? Well, that that opened the door to this other concept we've used, uh, through our, our models. Uh, which, you know, we call industry-specific uh, models. So diving as deep as an analyst does uh, in each different industry, right? So a lot of, uh, you know, quant models are very general, right? They have factors. It could be, you know, whatever, price factors, technical factors, sentiment, whatever. And then they go goes across the whole universe, right? We'll, we'll test it across utilities, financials, everything. Uh, it's consumer. And if it works, we'll kind of put it, uh, apply it to all industries. Um, but what we, taking this more fundamental approach, you know, we realized like, pretend you, you took a, a sell side bank analyst, a sell side biotech analyst, and you put it together. They don't really have much in common to talk about, right? What one is looking at, you know, is it probably even has a medical background and, and is talking about trials and, and, and things like that. And the other person's talking about, you know, home prices in Ohio and, and, and things like that, right? So 
why if, if the, i mean banking's a banking's a foreign language to everyone else right 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 well no, no, no not more uh, uh i think that the 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 most extreme case is a uh, biotech uh, uh that, that's okay the, the, okay the, the, the farthest out there right i can figure out how the bank works but i can't figure out how, to, <laughs> how the human body yeah, works right right so that's the you know that was the um you know uh, uh, uh first foray and uh, from there, we said, you know, we set out on a mission that took five, seven years to complete was let's go through every industry and, and, and use this as a template and, and build these out. Uh, you know, so that that's a very big, uh, you know, foundation of our, our modeling today. Wow. Okay. So modeling today, you use, um, you use alternative data. How do you, how do you, um, how do you, source alternative data how you go about finding a data set or useful sets of data sets to to fit into your modeling yeah I, so so we we kept the same i think you know the 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 thing about our the team at Fanagora, it's it's been around for a long time back uh you know, i didn't know four but many of the other uh people on the team joined around then uh, around the uh, gfc uh and the newer members of the team actually all, all come in from our internship program and you know we, we they come as new uh, uh analysts and, and learn our culture and and i think the, the the thing that sets us apart is you know this this alternative way of looking at things right so like i said it's not about you know um you know uh finding the latest and greatest uh data that everyone's talking about um but trying to, uh, you know, kind of read between the lines and understand, you know, how companies actually make business decisions, right? One, one mm. example I use is, uh, you know, pretend you're a, you know, a, a marketing manager at Procter & Gamble assigned to, you know, toothpaste, you know, you're going to have your eyes on Procter & Gamble toothpaste versus Colgate toothpaste versus others, right? And that's all you're going to think about all day. And you'll find ways to, gather the data you need to make decisions on demand, pricing, you know, uh, incentives, coupons, things like that. Uh, so if you're a marketing person, you know, in that consumer space, there's tons of data sets that you use to make decisions, right? It's probably not uh, in any uh, way, uh, 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 in any uh, usable form for a quant, but that's, not, that's what we're good at right now. Uh, we can clean it up and, and fix it up so that we can use it. So that's so the difficult, the difficult thing in a way is, is finding the right question to ask rather exactly. than finding, finding the thing that's going to answer it. And, yeah. And, and the interesting thing that having done this now for over 15 years is, you know, uh, a conversation we would have in 2007 where, you know, the light bulb goes on, somebody has a, an amazing idea saying, we're going to, you know, if we can measure this, it would be a gold mine. Uh, in 07, you look around for a couple of months and you realize that that data doesn't exist, right? But then, you know, you stumble across it in 2018 and, and we, you know, we, we uh, you know, run into each other's office and say, remember that conversation we had 10 years ago and we couldn't find the data? You know, here it is, right? So yeah, that happens a lot um, where, you know, just, just ideas that we've, conversations we've had in the past, the data is catching up with our ideas. 
So you feel like you're living in a world of plenty or are you now asking new questions which will be solved in 10 years? Yeah, the, the one uh, thing that we, uh, I think the tool, so, so the way I look at it is, you know, we talked about the beginning of uh, alternative data back and that kind of dates back to the, you know, 15 years ago. What the next transformation was, you know, say five years ago, where the data had built up to a point where now, you know, and, you know, and computing power, uh, uh, uh uh, grew so that now we can, you know, uh, a, a lot of answers uh, uh, can be uh, uh, fulfilled using the data, but along with NLP uh, machine learning techniques as well. So, you know, you may have pieces of it, but uh, extracting things from texts and, 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 and the like, uh, you know, helps a lot as well. So it's not just the data that's improved, but also the ability to extract insights from it because the technology, the algorithms, et cetera, has, has, has really like that's, that's had an explosion in the last 10, 15 years as well. Um, and so now what you can do with it, but do you, are you, do you find, have you, are you still ahead of this in a way in that you're trying to answer questions that the technology can't answer? Yeah, so so it's a, it's a constantly evolving process. Another, another thing we see is, uh, you know, uh, you, you take one model, right, or a model for technology companies or a model for pharmaceutical companies. You know, uh, version one in 2008 was very simple, like count the number of drugs the, 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 the company is developing, right? Uh, uh, that was a huge task to capture that data 10, 12 years ago, but it worked amazingly well. Today, that doesn't work at all anymore, right? That's why I can say it, right? Uh, today, that same model has the same concepts, right? Uh, you know, who's the best drug manufacturer? That's the question we, we, we try to ask ourselves. The answer in 2007 was, oh, Pfizer has 20 drugs and, and you know, Merck only has five, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Today, it's we have terabytes of data about every drug. We, we, we have to use machine learning. We have to do it in a cloud because we don't even have enough computing power at Panagari to do it. And it takes, you know, five hours to run every day, right? So that's, it gives us the same answer. The same basic answer is, you know, company X is better than company Y in, in producing good drugs, right? Uh, that didn't change. It just, the, the technique we use to come out uh, um, the answer uh, is different, but 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 the other thing is the efficacy of the model of 07 is the same as efficacy today. It didn't get twenty times better, right? Uh, it's just that um, you know that that competition. Yeah, the first version decayed to zero, and now to get the same alpha, you need the huge you know uh, machine learning model. It's like nature. It's like nature. All the predators on the prey are all running as fast as possible. Just yeah. stand still. I know I think alternative data providers listen to, listen, to the, listen to the podcast. I mean, it sounds like what you don't want is alternative data providers to be pinging you all the time with their wares and, and trying to persuade you to look at their data, etc. Um, it sounds like what the way your mechanism, your process works is much more your 
coming up with the question, which is very hard in itself, into how how are we going to measure who the best healthcare provider is? And then you go out looking for the data and you can usually, it sounds like, you can usually find it um, mm. when you when you know what you're looking for. What what might be the best way for an alternative data provider to um, to to make themselves as findable and attractive and available as possible when when you're when you're in that process? Yeah, so uh, you know, it's not that we when we do use one of the more you know uh, uh, popular data sets. I think the the thing that clicks is. Um, uh, it, it's it's used for one uh, 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 purpose, and we find a completely different way to look at the data, right? So, mm. um, uh, uh, you know, that, that's when you know we we do we, we have a lot of those data sets uh, uh, in, in practice. Um, the 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 difference is, you know, we're 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 looking at it at a different way. Typically, it's more long term uh you know than than what it's typically used for i think that's that's uh what gives us the alternative insight into using the data right it's not about uh you know predicting the quarter sales which we believe don't doesn't have much value uh you know even if you had you know what we did was we were in an experiment you know pretend every company gave us their sales number five days before they reported it, you know, how much money can you actually make? Right. It's not, it's about 20% a year, right. If you had a hundred percent hit rate, right. When you get down to, you know, okay, I'm going to use credit card data or something else, or a bunch of these things to try to predict sales, you're going to get a 55% hit rate, right. Which is good. Right. But the return isn't that great in that game overall. And when you add the noise of all these other hedge funds trying to do this, right, it's going to muddy the waters. Uh, so, you know, our, our view is uh, you know, just, just let other people do that if they want. And we can focus on, you know, who's going to be the better company a year or two from now. Okay. Um, but from an alternative data provider's perspective, um, Presumably, they just need to be available. Essentially, they need to be there at the end of the phone when you call them. Like, there's no way that they can make themselves more attractive. Yeah, I mean, we, we, don't, we honestly we don't rely on their <laughs> if they suggest a, 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 a popular popular use of their data. We will make sure not to test that. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Um, and so what do you see as the, um, I mean, do you, uh, can you talk in broad terms about the future of the space, like in terms of where you see the, the data going and where you see um, the the advances being made and, and where you kind of, um, obviously not, obviously not where you're seeing the future of alpha necessarily, mm. but, but the way um, alternative data is obviously developed a lot in the last in the last 10 15 years um have you got a view on on where it's going yeah i, I think uh you know it continues to be you know very exciting and, and interesting uh you know i think it's a it's a it's a process of evolution right uh and one interesting aspect is uh the propagation around the world right so you know, a lot of the examples I gave were U.S. examples, you know, 
for the first, you know, from 05 to, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 years after that, it was almost exclusively U.S. Um, however, uh, you know, now, you know, the, our advantage is we have all this uh, uh, um, experience in the U.S. as data becomes available uh, in Europe, Asia, um, you know, uh, uh, we can start using that to model uh, different regions. You need to be aware of different regulatory and you know, fundamental reasons why, why something might not work in a different region. Uh, but at least when, when we're confident that it should work similarly, um, you know, what we have is our 10, 15 years experience of using that same uh, uh, concept uh, in the U.S. So even if the new data set in Europe only for, say, for example, for banks only has two or three years of data, uh, if we've been using it live for 15, 10 uh, years in the US, we have more confidence that it will work. We can jump on it quicker than if it's, you know, for a new entrant into this uh, uh, industry. Brilliant. Well, George, I think that's a that's a very good whistle stop tour through your your background with uh, with Panagora and 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 your interaction with data in general and, and alternative data. Um, so thanks so much for for coming today and, and joining and um, and yeah, I wish you all the best as things continue to develop. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed our conversation a lot.